This Morning's Person. Now, following Japan's defeat in World War II, its Class A war criminals were put on trial, known as the International Military Tribunal for the Far East, between 1946 and 48. This year marks the 70th anniversary of the opening of these trials, but not many Koreans are familiar with the trials in detail, as the transcripts were never translated into this language. Uh, Korean, and Korea wasn't even able to participate in the trial during the two-year period, as it wasn't an independent state at the time. We were obviously uh, about to go into the Korean War and and so on. So, a group of Korean translators got together to translate these records, particularly the testimonies of Dojo Hideki, Prime Minister of Japan during much of World War II, one of the seven. Who was sentenced to death as a result? Let's now bring in one of the translators for this morning's person, Kang Shinul. Good morning to you. Good morning. Um, can you just tell us first about this trial? These trials, uh, quite quite an incredible period, and it wasn't the only uh, case of its kind. I mean, obviously in Europe, we also had trials going on. Uh, yes, well, the uh, long and official title is an international military tribunal for the Far East, and I think that just about covers the scope of what was a very complex um, legal proceedings. Um, as you rightly said, they, uh, this year marks the 70th anniversary. Um, to put it most simply, I think um, it was a Nuremberg trial for Asia, and just as Germany's Nazi leaders were tried for their war crimes, uh, the Tokyo trials held Japan and its wartime leaders accountable. Uh, for what they uh, committed uh, during the, the same war, um, the court was an international one in the sense that um, it had a panel of judges coming from eleven different nations. Uh, of course, uh, Korea was not one of those nations. Um, it was an immensely complex process, as we can imagine. I think it took them about uh, two and a half years. So, uh, 1948 was when the judgment was uh, yes. announced and the verdict was confirmed. Tojo Hideki, who's uh, one of the defendants uh, whose transcript we're trans- uh, translating now, uh, was sentenced to death as a result. Yeah, we um, had seen the Nuremberg trials conclude um, in 1946, around the same time that we saw this tribunal begin. Did that uh, have much of an influence over proceedings, or were there any stark differences between what happened with Nuremberg and, and what happened here? I think, legally speaking, uh, it was General MacArthur who gave orders for uh, the inception of Tokyo trials, and I think uh, the very idea was that they were trying to really use the structure and the legal framework they used for Nuremberg trials. I- I'm afraid to say a thing: the the real difference between Nuremberg trials and the Tokyo trials um, is the is what happened afterwards, in a sense that Germany accepted uh, their uh, war crime and and, and responsibility. Whereas I'm afraid Japan has come rather short of doing exactly that. Was there anything about translating these、uh, documents that actually gave you a clue as to why that would be?、Um, it's interesting though because、um, the members of our team are translating different bits, and、uh, depending on what you're translating, we we get different views on what actually happened. At the moment, I'm translating the epitaph、uh, from Dojo Hideki, which was a written document that was read aloud for the. Uh, for record、um, in the court, and it, it's actually a surprisingly、uh, well-written document, I think, which tries to、uh, free the individuals from the war crime, arguing that although Japan as a nation was responsible, 
the individuals were just uh, cogwheels in the big machine. So in a way, in that sense, I think uh, they're trying to evade responsibility by trying to argue for the uh, legal shortcomings which held uh, individuals responsible mm. uh, for what they think is a nation's crime. I mean, how significant would you say that the Holocaust was, for example, in differentiating the, the, uh, the manner of responsibility? Um, it may, might have had a bearing, I suppose, that the Holocaust was, uh, it's often used that word, but well publicized and it was well known and, and it kind of became a cultural uh, phenomenon. Uh, I don't think we have the same sort of term with the same authority for all the atroc atrocities that were uh, committed uh, by Japan uh, during the war. So in a sense, perhaps there was less of a political and, and, and social um, weight on uh, what Japan has um, uh, committed during mm. those um, period. But what drove you to get involved in this project, just personally? Well, personally, actually, um, the Rami So, who's the leading coordinator on the project, happens to be a sister-in-law. And her family asks, you never say no, do you? <laughs> <laughs> um, but personally speaking, I'd been an interpreter officer in the Korean army, and I served in the later the National Security Office. And you know, diplomats spend hours, if not days, picking just one word for their document because words are so easily manipulated. And when I learned that the Japanese government is trying to review the verdict and the, the legal proceedings of Tokyo trials, um, we have uh, essentially 40,000 pages worth of words that could so easily be misinterpreted or manipulated to their ends. And I thought it was so important to have the record straight and, and researched uh, to get the right and just interpretation. That's why I got involved. Would you describe yourself as a, as a very or particularly proud Korean? I, I guess a proud Korean, yes, but I don't think that necessarily means if, if that's in any way implied uh, anti-Japanese. I think it's right uh, that we get the history right as a matter of fact, and that's nothing to do with uh, kind of the national sentiments um, of course, you want to do what's right for your own country. But I think this um, is a much bigger question of history, uh, which is varying not just for Koreans or Japanese, but for the international community and the, the very idea of international justice. But, I mean, you have a superb grasp of English, if I may say so. I'm sure we could have a whole different conversation on, on your own personal story and picking <laughs> up linguistic abilities. But, but as far as... Um, getting this story out there. I think we touched on it with that Holocaust comment about how well publicised that is. Uh, the atrocities here, less so. It, it's very important, isn't it? Uh, you know, no matter how reasonable you are, you've got a Korean name and that can always be kind of used against you as, as, um, as a witness to this translation process. You, you, you kind of need that third-party credibility here as well, don't you? Yes, I suppose so. Um... If, if what you're saying is, uh, you know, at the end of the day, isn't it not going to be uh, perceived as a group of Koreans trying to fight the case for Korea? Um, in, in that sense, um, one of the discussions we've been having um, is perhaps to see if we can get, uh, get some other people from outside Korea involved in the project. Because as we um, mentioned earlier, um, this was a verdict sentenced, uh, delivered by uh, judges from 11 different nations. So in a way... Uh, Japan is challenging not just the history between Korea and Japan and China, but um, what the international community deemed right at the time. Um, and, and in a sense, and crucially, an international question. And I think it's only right that we have that objectivity, which might be helped if we have um, 
translators, I suppose, and, and legal yeah. experts and all sorts from uh, different countries as well. Yeah, and, and frankly, media outlets. You know, getting Absolutely. media outlets from other countries interested. Because, again, it, it, no matter how credible, and I, I personally have no reason to doubt your, the process you're, you're undergoing, but no matter how credible it is, if it's only Korean media outlets that are jumping on it, it's, it's not going to gain the traction. It would be nice to see your work presumably gain uh, some global foothold. Absolutely, and I think and that's exactly what the project needs. And because it's not just a matter of history, a past history, um, you know, uh, the international community is fighting to bring down dictators all around the world. And um, if this thing goes ahead and if some you know, miscarriage of justice happens in the interpretation of what was decided 70 years ago, I think it will leave a very, very bad precedent uh, for international justice systems and war criminals uh, justice systems. So I think it's extremely important that we have the right attention and objective um, involvement from the international community, including the international media. Just, just as an aside, and we're stretching the boundaries of this morning's person as we've been carrying out this segment, does, mm-hmm. does your study of, of past war criminals lead you to have a slightly more uh, aggravated opinion when you see Japanese politicians honouring war criminals at the Yasukuni Shrine, for example? Uh, well, I don't, I don't think, um, having read those um, story or the, the transcripts of the words of war criminals actually as to the anger that one, I suppose, naturally feels. Um, what makes you much more worried, though, is that the, that spirit of um, kind of uh, trying to evade the responsibility and accountability continues to this day. And, and given the, the, the kind of economic and political influence that countries like Japan now command the international community, uh, that I think is a quite a sobering uh, reality um, that the leadership of that nation still consists of figures that you know dare to challenge um, that, 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 that acceptance of uh, responsibility and accountability. So that, that's a worrying thought indeed. Well, Mr. Kang, thank you very much for the ongoing uh, process. It's great to hear about it. We wish you all the luck with it as well. Thank you very much. Uh, just to put in there, we still need the double the amount of funding that we've raised so far on Tumblebug. Um, hopefully more people will come and join us in Tumblebug and raise funds to make this project. And, you know, we have about 36, 7,000 uh, <laughs> uh, pages to go. Thank you very much. And again, good luck, Mr. Kang Shinu. Thank you very much.